to From the Stands, your one-stop shop podcast for insider access and in-depth interviews with your favorite Billiken coaches and players. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Billiken Podcast for the latest news on future episodes. Now, here is your host, Billiken Athletic Director, Chris May. Hello, Billiken fans. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We have a great lineup of guests today. We'll first visit with one of the newest members of the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, SLU swim coach Jim Halliburton. We'll also sit down with women's coach Lisa Stone and men's basketball seniors Javon Bess and DJ Foreman. Joining us in our first segment today is SLU swim coach Jim Halliburton. I'd be remiss not to open with a congratulations as you were uh, inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame in, in November. What, uh, what an honor. How, how did you... Uh, how did you take that in? Well, I was, well, thank you, first of all, Chris, but I was really surprised, actually, when they called me and said I was going into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. I didn't really know if I was going in as a swimmer or as a coach, but they said it was as a coach for St. Louis uh, University. When I filled out my bio, they ended up doing it both as a swimmer and a coach. So I was I was really honored, and it was a great experience. Well, obviously, uh, as the Billiken faithful, uh, we couldn't be more proud to have another one of our uh, one of our staff and and athletes. Uh, as people go into these type of uh, honors, it's 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 recognition for the program, it's recognition for the university, but but most of all, it's it's recognition what you've been able to do for over a long haul. So congratulations. I think uh, I think our fans would be uh, interested in hearing a little bit about your journey. Um, and what's most interesting, I think, is you had such a successful high school career, went on to, to swim for one of the great all-time great coaches in Doc Councilman, the Olympic experience that almost happened, but being on the team that didn't go. Uh, share with, share our, with our listeners a little bit of that journey and what then put you into coaching. I actually started swimming by accident. I I broke my arm when I was six years old, and a doctor said that swimming would be um, good rehab um, to strengthen my, my arm. And then I did well swimming, um, like as a 10-year-old, as a 12-year-old, and as a 14-year-old, I was ranked in the top 10 in the United States in an event or two. And I really started to come into my own. Um, I was kind of a late mature, but in high school, when I was um, 17, I had my first number one ranking in the United States. Had a great career at Ladue High School. Um, I won both my events at the state meet. We were allowed to swim two individual events. I won both my events uh, every year and was able to go undefeated at um, Ladue High School for my entire high school career. Went on to swim at Indiana University for Doc Councilman. Uh, I was there from 1977 to 1981. Uh, Doc Councilman was the Olympic coach in 1976, so I was you know, really honored when he wanted me to, to swim at Indiana. That was by far my first choice. Uh, had a good career at Indiana, uh, was a seven-time Big Ten champion. I broke um, a famous swimmer's record, Mark Spitz. I broke his Indiana um, record and Big Ten record. And both my high school coach and club coach thought that um, I should go into coaching. I kind of thought I wanted to be a swim coach, and I was majoring in physical education and education 
with a coaching emphasis, but they they kind of pushed me and thought that I liked the sport a lot, that um, it would be a good path for me, and I and I did that. I didn't change my major. I stuck with it all the way. Um, with the Olympic um, uh, boycott in 1980, uh, they announced that actually in December of 1979 that we were not going to go. So they ended up canceling the Olympic trials, uh, which was going to be in June of 1980. And instead, we had our national championships one week after the Olympics. And the goal was to see if we could beat the gold medal time silver medal time and, and bronze medal time because it was one week after the Olympics and on three occasions I was able to beat the gold medal time um, and did get to go to a meet with uh, I think it was 37 or 39 countries that boycotted. They held that meet in Hawaii uh, a month after the Olympics. So I got a lot of neat international experience. It, um, a lot of people think Oh, you know, what a, what a shame you didn't get to go to the Olympics. But I got to go to other international meets and be on the national team for five years and was captain of the team uh, in 1982 of the U.S. national team. So I got a lot of experience there. So that was kind of my, um, my swimming background and kind of journey going into coaching. What, uh, what did that international experience teach you that you use today as a coach? It really taught me, um, number one, that the U.S. was very, very good in, in swimming compared to a lot of other sports. Still, I think that U.S. track and field and swimming are our best sports in the Olympics um, throughout all of the Olympics over the hundred years or so. Um, I think it just um, gave me confidence that I was um, a really elite athlete. and. Um, Kind of one or two things um, that kind of uh, somebody mentioned to me that I didn't really realize, but uh, I remember I went to um, the Indianapolis 500 um, car race, and there was like Brickyard, Brickyard, like 350,000 people, and I had been to Bush Stadium with like 50,000 people, or maybe a Cardinal football game back in the day with maybe 60,000 people. And I was looking around and I go, wow, this is a lot of people, 350,000. And a friend of mine turned to me and goes, and to think you're better than everybody at one thing. And that was like swimming cool. 100 butterfly. And it really, wow, I never really thought about it. And he goes, in fact, you could go anywhere in the world and you would be one of the best. And um, I'd never thought about it. But um, coaching wise, I know everybody's not going to make it at that level, but my goal for my swimmers was my own goal was to improve my time. And uh, a world record holder like a Michael Phelps, he gets satisfaction when he goes the best time. And because he's the world record holder, it ends up being a world record. But I think that's a big part of swimming or individual sports, just trying to improve your time. So I really look back and take back to my swimmers what I did to try to improve and obviously a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, a lot of confidence. Um, so I tried to build that in practice and train them right and, um, and get them to hit best times. Because if they do that, that's, that's all they can do. Well, it, uh, it's, it's clearly evident that you still live those, uh, those traits, hard work, dedication. There's nobody, I mean, you know, in order to be a great coach, you got to be on the pool deck. Mm -hmm. And you're on the pool deck every day 
supporting our kids, and uh, that's why they've had, in my opinion, that's why they've had the success with the with the values and the objectives that we put around them departmentally, and then the ability for you to really execute and help them execute. I tell everybody, they ask me about our swim program, and I tell them they won't find a better trainer to prepare kids, no matter what level, than you. You've had a, you've been able to have a lot of success at that. And uh, so I'm very appreciative of what you do with our kids every day. When you look at student athletes today, uh, what are the one or two most important pieces to motivating them? Because it's changed, right? It's changed with social media. It's changed with time <laughs> management. There's so many of those pieces that have changed. And so you went from being an elite athlete, world class, um, to now you keep trying, you keep elevating our Billiken athletes. We had we had an Olympic trials qualifier in the past. We've got a couple that are competing to get there again. Um, but what are those couple pieces that in today's world of training, in today's world of helping student athletes, what are those pieces that you know you've got to have to help them maximize their times and to help them maximize their PRs? What do you do today that you know you've got to have covered to help them be successful? Well, um, we really, really talk about, um, you know, practice, practice attendance, practice consistency. It's really important to be consistent in practice. I just try to break it down. Like if somebody wants in a 200 freestyle to hit this time, we break it down into fourths. Well, in practice, you probably can't do that time, that whole 200, but maybe you could do a 50 here and then 250s and then three and then get up to it. So we try to break it down where they're hitting their pace on a shorter distance, but then um, do it enough times in practice over weeks and weeks and weeks that when they actually get to the big competition, they can do it. So I just try to, I just try to break it down and make it simple for them. And I, I really think that um, try to really dwell on um, the successes that they're having in practice. Uh, not beat them down. This should have been better. That should have been better. You know, obviously you need to have a heart to heart with people at time to time about that, but really try to build their confidence. You did this well, you did that well. We're really, we're really making progress. And I think, um, I think that goes a long way. Building their confidence. Um, I'm lucky I never looked at coaching swimming is is being work or a job it's not like i have to come to work on sunday or saturday or i have to stay late or come in early it's like i always wanted to do it and um i want them to to want it as much as i did what is the greatest moment as a coach boy um that's hard to that's hard to say um I had um, a club team win the 1999 Junior National Championships um, for the Rockwood School District. That was a huge step because the top teams were always from like Texas or California or Florida. To have a Missouri team in the middle of just land where there's no oceans, that was kind of a big accomplishment. I remember... um, my Marquette team won state um, in 1998. We were ninth out of 12 teams at the Marquette Relay Meet to start the season, third at conference a week before state and won state. So 
no year-round swimmer, so that was almost like a miracle. And then at, at St. Louis University, we've had so, so many um, great dual meet wins, great relay wins. I would say um, I had a, a group of freshman boys who won conference in the 400 free relay. They're all freshmen. And SLU had never won a relay. And um, that was a huge upset, a huge surprise. And then to see them as seniors win it, win again, obviously, but lower that school record another four seconds from what they did when they won as freshmen, that record might be there for a long time. That was probably my best um, uh, slew highlight. One, uh, one final question. How you were able to coach your daughter. Yes. And now you're coaching TJ, your son, at SLU. Uh, what does that mean to you, and uh, what type of uh, fulfillment and enjoyment do you get out of, do, out of doing that? It's, it's definitely really neat, really rewarding. It's not easy to coach your kid. A lot, of, a lot of coaches really say that it's really hard to coach your own kids, and yeah. they don't like to do it. Right. For me, it was actually never hard. I knew them real well. And I think I give them in practice things that I think that they like and they're good at and touch only a little bit on the things that they don't like and aren't going to do as well. So I try to skew it way in the, this person likes this, my son, um, he'll do well on this. But we had different relationships from both. Like um, my daughter really, really liked to train but didn't like to compete as much. So... um, I eased up on her competition. And my son really liked to compete and didn't like to train as much when he was younger. Um, so I just pushed a little bit, train a little bit better this way, or my daughter compete a little bit better this way. But it's we do talk about it away from the pool. Like a lot of coaches say, don't talk about it at home. Home, your dad, they're, they're the child. But um, my son really likes to talk about swimming, so we do talk about it. But um, for some reason, it was really, really easy for me, and I've done it every day since he's been 13. So I've been doing it for a long time. Well, it's got to be rewarding, it's especially as you see the success he's having. And uh, we want to congratulate you for your Hall of Fame uh, induction. But more importantly, we want to congratulate you for doing a great job with our kids. Because what uh, Billiken fans uh, should know is that anybody that comes to swim for us is going to get a uh, all-out effort to put them in position to have their PRs, grow, learn how to be on a team, and have a great experience. So uh, congratulations, and we appreciate you joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And um, go Bills. It's just uh, this university and team means so much to me and um, so fortunate and honored that um, I've been the swim coach for all these years and hopefully um, got a few, few good years left in me. You got it. Thank you. Up next, we'd like to welcome SLU women's basketball coach Lisa Stone. Lisa's team is quickly approaching A-10 play after a big week last week where they hosted UConn and Mizzou. Welcome, everybody. We uh, have Lisa Stone here, head women's basketball coach on uh, From the Stands. It, uh, it was an exciting week last week with watching a program grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I talked about it a lot about should we play UConn and where does it fit and how do we use that as a real stepping stone and then come back and play Missouri, a top 25 team, uh, five days later. How 
how did how do you prepare for that? How did the kids get through it? And and most importantly, what's the plus side coming out of it? It was a great week. I mean, a lot of people will look at our young team from our Indiana State opener until now. And last week was the most difficult week in terms of scheduling and program history. The number one team in the country coming in. And, you know, I listened to your podcast with Gina, which I thought was great. And he gets it. He goes, Lisa, I get it. I get it. You know, you have five freshmen. We have this team that's picked to win the national championship. How do you benefit from that? How you benefit is that from a program standpoint, that's the best of the best. So when you're trying to, you know, simulate moving the ball against a zone, penetrating um, against a man-to-man, being a weak side drop, playing at a high pace, having great rhythm, being in transition, you're seeing the very best, and you're on the floor with them. Concern going in from everybody's standpoint would be, will your young team or your team in general be able to handle the the pressure and, and not lose confidence and not be scared? And that was the whole goal going in. Embrace this opportunity. It's great for women's athletics. It's great for women's basketball. And most importantly, it's great for our program. Slew women's basketball was recognized on the national level because we played that game. We played that game with courage, um, with belief, uh, with unity, and our I walked away from that game um, with thank yous from our young players for playing the game, that they were able to be on the floor in that environment against the best of the best, and now how we grow from it. Three days, the next three days, we work on Mizzou, and they're coming to town, also a ranked team, and a team that a few years back, we had them, we were down by 18 points and, and found a way to come back and win the game. This game, we're down 17, and we came back and tied it at 44 in the third quarter. And I'm thinking, this is going to happen again. So there's a – there's a, and it didn't. We ended up losing the game, but we played with, with again, strength, courage, improvement. We were brave. Um, we went in there very confidently. And now having played those games going into this week, which is finals, you have watched our team um, understand where the bar has been set that you play those teams because it's going to help us win a championship at some point because our players really truly believe that not that they have to be that team but that we can be on the floor and compete at a very high level and learn from it and keep moving on in practice so we get through that and that was a much better mizzou team than we played last time at shape oh, yeah. i mean that was a talented team uh robin's done a good job putting that program together but what i was most encouraged by was the uh, we had some freshmen and uh, and Carrie and Jordan have done a great job of leading, but boy those freshmen uh, didn't flinch. They didn't flinch against two top twenty five teams, and I was so proud and encouraged by what they were able to do. And they walked off the floor. Maya's got eighteen against UConn, and Kaija, doggone it, she is not afraid of anything. No. And um, and Brooke played good, and and so they're all showing these moments. And then you've got Jordan hitting some shots, and Curry hitting some shots. So from my perspective, we got a huge bump out of last week. If we'd been playing that way all year, you and I have laughed. Um, but at the end of the day, it's. How do we maximize this at this point in the non-conference season, finish the non-conference mm-hmm. season, and then get ready for the A-10, which is where we're focused on how do we compete and win for A-10 championships? Yeah. Well, it's it's to take all of what we've learned. And, you know, we talked as a staff, actually, last year with six seniors. We finished on conference off at six and seven. 
we went out here, we can finish this non-conference off seven and six, and it's a tougher schedule. And, you know, those are just numbers, okay? We still, obviously, winning's important, but it's about getting better. We, we have to focus on getting better every day. The two practices that we've had thus far this week of finals week have been the best of my career in terms of demands, intensity, focus. We've gotten better this week, which is always a positive thing. Generally, coaches are always really, how much do you do? You don't want to make them think too much. You don't want to stress them out and that kind of thing because it's finals week. Our kids have come to practice. We practice every morning before the final exams get going, wakes them up, get them going, get a good breakfast and go. But we've gotten better and we've improved. And when you watch film and you get them in the gym, they're, they're making 400 shots a day on their own outside of practice. Now we have, you know, individual improvement and so forth. But what we got out of last week needs to propel us. We cannot go backwards. We need to start chipping away going forward, finish the non-conference off strong. We play Illinois State in a week. Then we go to a tournament in, in uh, Florida um, and play Yale and, and more than likely Florida Atlantic. Um, and then with A-10 play, we'll have a week before A-10 play begins. My hope and our goal certainly is next week at Illinois State, that's the best game we've played all year. And then we take a break for Christmas, come back, and the tournament is the best performance we've had on the road all year. And then it's 8-10, so you end your non-conference season off wherever you may be. And you bottle up everything you can, and I, I always like to show a highlight video of our non-conference season to the players to say, so the good things that we've done. Everybody likes to see good things on film. And then as you head into A-10 play, this is where you gotta, you've, you've, you really got to get some work done and show what that schedule has done for you and that you've benefited from it. So my, my concern with that week, with UConn and Mizzou in one week, was that maybe our wings got clipped a little bit and that we would be you know, doubting ourselves. It's everything but that. I mean, that, that's just honesty. I, I'm concerned about going into that. If anything, we've gotten more confidence, and it's allowed my staff and I to put our the hammer down a little bit harder because of the expectation, and that's what's happened. Our players have, you know, they've 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 adjusted to it, they've accepted it. Um, sometimes it's harder. We'll have a player that's just doesn't think they can do something right, but we'll we'll fix that the next day, and we'll communicate about it. And you know, it's a time right now from the end of finals until January 14th. It's all basketball. It's the best time of the year for a team to come together, also to continue to grow and give us even that much more teaching time. So the week after, the before A-10 play, what we will do is introduce a few new concepts, you know, a couple different things defensively, a couple different things offensively. Now's not the time. Now's the time is to be really just tune in and, and be sharp at what we already have, really good at it, and then before A-10 play, take that and be able to add a few pieces as we go into A-10. What I've been so impressed by is how the kids have embraced the pedal being down a little harder. Mm -hmm. From the stands, and I walk into practice for five, ten minutes, and but you can see the intensity level has gotten cranked up. And playing the Yukons of the world helps you do that, right? What I've been totally impressed by is how they've embraced that. Mm -hmm. That takes a special kid. Yeah, and it so does. that's been super cool. You brought up defense, and so um, many people have brought up Brought it to my attention that Lisa Stone played a zone. <laughs> I okay. did. They, they didn't know that that was possible. And so so you've, you've coached a year or two. Yeah. And you kind of had a way that you've kind of built your your background on. But now you you dabble to mix it up a little bit, and you got some really good results mm -hmm. on it. How, 
how do you go through that and how do you uh, how do you embrace the challenge of doing that a little different after you've had so much success really in one way for many, many, many seasons? Well, it, it took me back to my early days of coaching, which is a couple couple of years ago, you know, but um, the the mixing it up, I know what it's done to us and Mizzou did it to us. They took advantage of a young team. They, they mixed it up with a 1-3-1, one, one, a 2-3, and a man-to-man. And they did that, again, because of our size. Now, we're banged up a little bit. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But the, the long and short is that I think we have some personnel that allows us to you know, mix it up a little bit. And that those are the things I'm talking about before A-10 play. We, we, we did. We played a 2-3 zone. We did against Virginia. We beat a, a really good athletic team on the road because we played a zone. There's always areas of, of, of openings when you play it. There's questions and so forth. The bottom line is the pack line defense really is a is a, is a a sagging zone, if you will, that the principles are the same. You still got to guard the ball. You still got to box out. You still got to be in weak side defense, all that. But if you can give a different look to a team, that's, that's interesting. You know, what whether we extend it to a two or three quarter, a two two one back to two three possibility, maybe a one three one. I used to run that years ago um, when I was at Wisconsin Eau Claire a long time ago. I did it a lot. We we ran a ton of multiples. What I need to be cautious of too is to make sure that we're not the the, the players need to understand that this is just a wrinkle, not a change. Yeah. So you don't want to bail on your principles. You build your principles into that. But yes, we will. You know th- that'll be different. I mean we have we have we have six new players. That if you're going to do it, this is the time to do it. Where the last four years we've had the same players that understand that if there's any wrinkle, it might be a double or something like that. So it's the right time to entertain some variety, and uh, but not during finals week. But you'll see it for a ten. One of your greatest fans, Steve Baden, texts me in the middle of the game. She's running a zone. Can you believe it? I'm like, yeah, I knew she'd been working on it. Yeah. But uh, no, I've been really, really super encouraged, and with where this team's coming, and the possibilities in the a10 are really really exciting we'll have some big crowds in the a10 we've got education day where there's already 4,000 kids who have signed up to come watch you guys play so we've come so far and and that's what i'm impressed by last question as you look at the a10 um what are the possibilities and what uh what are we preparing for when we get there Actually, to, to be honest, our, our league has, the top of our league has really gone out and played people. Um, we've not had the success that, that everybody has wanted. I mean, it'd be nice if, you know, we beat Mizzou and this team beats North Carolina or that, you know, they, but the, the thing about it is they're, those top, the top of our league has done a good job of scheduling up and that's going to help their RPI. It helps our RPI. So I give those coaches credit for that. Um, it's zero zero record once you start a ten play, and as you get into that, I look at a, a VCU as a team that, in my opinion, is a sleeper. Um, they're picked higher than they've been picked, and and they should be because they were all freshmen last year. They beat us with a senior laden team at the end of the year last year. They're off to a very nice start. I think they're a they're a kind of a sleeper team. You're always going to have the Daytons, the Fordhams, the Duquesne um, will be the the headline favorite, mm-hmm. um, but where they've picked us is okay. That's not where we want to be. I think the 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 sky's the limit for this team. As long as we, we just have to keep getting better, keep bringing those freshmen along. They they want to win, and I love that that anger. I love not anger the the intensity. The, the they're they're angry when they lose, and we that's celebrate success. I mean, if that's one thing you told told me, Chris, that 
we need to celebrate success. So every game, I don't care who it is, if it's an exhibition game or an in-squad game, we're going to celebrate success and enjoy it. And um, when we beat Virginia, that was a good demonstration. We, you know, Not that you, you don't have to do that on the court. You can do that in your locker room right. to really show where we're at but where we want to be. We're not there yet. We're getting closer. Um, practice has been great this finals week. They'll be, I'm giving them two days off this weekend. We'll have three, four days to get ready for Illinois State, and then it's Christmas break. So it's a tough time of the year, but our, our spacing of our schedule has actually been very good. And that week with UConn and Mizzou will be a memorable one for me in my career, but also uh, one that I want to look back at at the end of this season and know the value of what that week did for us when great things are going to happen for this team, conference play comes along. Well, you can, al- you can already see short-term signs. And if they continue, it's going to be a really exciting time in Shape It's Arena for our women's team. So thank you. Congratulations on uh, – it was an awesome week last week. It was. We lost a couple games, but in the big picture and the growth, super cool. And so if we keep that, it'll be an awesome season. So thank you. You're very welcome. To wrap up our December episode, we'd like to bring in men's basketball seniors Javon Bess and DJ Foreman. Javon and DJ are playing an instrumental role in leading today's men's basketball team to being predicted to win the A-10, and they've had an awesome non-conference season to date. It's my honor to sit down with two of our star men's basketball players, uh, DJ Foreman and Javon Bess, who came to us three years ago in the first class with, uh, with Coach with Coach Ford, and it's been an unbelievable joy for me to get to participate with them, help them through their journey, but to see how much they've grown. It's been an unbelievable process and journey from my perspective. I wanted to first have you guys share a little bit how far you've come from the first day you visited St. Louis University to the process of sitting out that year when you transferred to playing last year to now being picked first in the Atlantic 10. So personally, tell us about your journey from the first recruiting visit to where we are sitting here today. DJ, lead the way. All right. Well, my first recruiting visit here, it was it was really good. I uh, met Coach Ford and um, the coaching staff and it was it was really different because we talked about everything besides basketball. It was more so about life, um, my family, and just expectations out of like what I want outside from uh, like once basketball is over and everything. And I really I really liked that because um, it showed that he really cared about me as a person and um, he was really concerned about life after basketball and. Um, Pretty much, I feel like every coach knows your basketball abilities. Cause if they didn't, I mean, if they if they weren't sure about your basketball abilities, they wouldn't recruit you, of course. So that was really something that stuck out. And then um, my first, like uh, my first year here, like in the beginning, I would say it was pretty rough because I had a hard time just adjusting, um, trusting a new set of coaches and new surroundings. So I would say it was pretty hard. Um, my redshirt year was was um, pretty tough too. I had to um, have surgery on my hip, and um, yeah, it was pretty tough like in that end. But um, that gave me more time to adjust to the surroundings and um, focus on school. So I was saying that, and it was really good. And then uh, when uh, it was our first year playing, um, there was there was things that happened. But as a team, and then um, with Coach Ford, we just came closer together because. We um 
we had less players. Um, we lost a lot of key players, and we just had to come together as a whole. And um, a lot of people say we kind of overachieved that season last year. And then now this year, we're more so, we're, we're like the leaders now of the team, and um, we're picked number one. And I would say this is something that we 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 seen, and now that we have all the pieces, there's no distractions, and there's nothing that's blocking us out. Now it's just we just got to play now. It's it's not a surprise to me that you guys are playing so well. You know, I will forever remember you in the Garden playing in in New York, playing great against uh, Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. You came out there like, who's this DJ guy? And it's the guy that we'd seen in practice a bunch of times. Yeah. But it's not a surprise to me to see that how both of you guys are leading right now because you've been through it. There aren't any distractions. You're totally focused on what you do. You understand what being a student athlete at St. Louis University is about, which is way different than where you came from, right? Yes. And uh, so it's pretty neat from my perspective to see where you are and what's most exciting to me is where we're going to go. It's pretty cool. JB, what are your thoughts from that first? Well, you we, you had a little more interesting recruiting conversation, as I recall. Yeah. But tell me about your... Uh, you know where you are it was it was different it was a lot of difference first coming here you know the one time i was supposed to come out here i think i was on my way to come but coach ford got sick so i had to we had well, we didn't actually leave yet it was like right when we were about to pull out the parking lot he had got sick so i think it was janet called us and was like uh he's real sick he's in the hospital or something like that and um yeah we didn't come but that made me a little skeptical it made me a little skeptical and i was like okay he's sick i didn't know what was going on so I don't know, but then we talked after I talked to him again after that and felt that he was doing a little better. I, I got out here. Me and my dad came. I think yeah, me and my dad came out here and like DJ said, he talked a lot about stuff other than basketball. That that kind of drew my attention the most. And then I already had a relationship with Coach Bailey, so you know the relationships were there. I just think that uh, for me that first year sitting out it was kind of tough, especially just coming into a new environment. Like where I came from was more of a college town, small town, and here was just a big city. So that was the biggest difference for me school-wise, and then the school is a lot smaller as far as student population. But I, I grew to like it. It grew on me so much. Like, after that first semester, started to tell people, yeah, I like it a lot down there. I like it. It was it was different, but it just grew on me. And then just this family environment here is, it's like unmatched. Like, we, I like that we got everything in one building. We all the student athletes. We get to see everybody. We all live in the same place. So it's not always always scattered, scattered out, you know, like probably as other schools have it. So... I think it's good. And then the fact that I had DJ and other guys here with me to sit out made it better for my sit-out year. I know DJ was hurt, so, you know, I felt for him for that. But I had other guys that were practicing with me, and then we were together all the time anyway, so that helped me a lot. And then going into this year, I just think it just shows the job close forward, the good job that he's done to be projected last. The first year he was here didn't just be projected first. Now this huge difference in one year or two years can make. So you both have had some big games. You know, DJ Virginia Tech shoot. You just recently had a great game against Butler. You played well against Oregon State. But what's really going on with both of you, as I see it, is you're really leading. And, and you're both uh, lead by example guys. You're not big talkers, okay? Coach probably wants you to talk more. Um, but you, you're lead by example guys. And so as you, as we're going through this non-conference and we're going to go into a big time A-10 schedule, what are your expectations and what are your goals? What, what, do you, what are you guys going to do daily to help the team get to the, the ultimate objective? Um, well, one of my big goals and um, one of the goals that Coach Van gave me was 
sort of to because my my thing throughout college I had a hard time doing was leading but now that we have such a our freshman our freshman class is really talented and we have a freshman that has a chance to be a very talented player in the future in Cardia Gordon was to kind of like lead by example to him Cardia Gordon like uh, show him like kind of like the ins and outs of like the experience I have as a player um like kind of like ha- like what to do like in practice how to approach the game and everything like that and just uh lead like just lead him cuz um he's really talented and there's a lot of things that even even though he's so talented as a basketball player people forget how old he is he's only 18 years old he's young so you know every every now and then he's going to do something that shows his age and um we just got to we just got to be there just to like remind them you know it's going to be all right it's going to be okay and you know just keep playing you're good you're talented everyone knows that and um that's really it JB you looking forward how do you see it playing out and what are you, what are what's your goal and how you're going to help lead this team to uh mm-hmm. to the great goals that we've got one number one thing we want to win that conference championship. That's something we want to get one another one trophy here, and that's what we've been talking about from day one. Coach Ford said we feel like this is a team that can win some championships and go to the tournament, make a run, and make something happen. And for me, it's just every day, just trying to bring positive energy, just try to bring energy, and and just show everybody. Like I said, you said I probably do need to talk more, but. You know, I think I'm getting better at it. And, I didn't uh, say you need to talk more. I said coach might think yeah. you want to talk more. Yeah, I probably do need to. But as far as just every day just coming out and playing hard, practice games, whatever we got to do, like trying to just show everybody, you know, being on time and things like that, just being on time, going hard, don't – you know, it's just it's just something that, like DJ said, we have such a young team that they probably don't understand it. So, you know, it's just something me and DJ has come together. Like I can just see it. Mm-hmm. People are listening. They're following us because we're doing the right things. I think uh, there's no question, JB, the way you play, um, they follow. We've got young guys that follow. DJ, I've been unbelievably impressed with you in that you get your minutes, mm-hmm. but you're not worried about who starts. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I've watched you. Other people would be way upside down. Who starts the game? Who does all this? You don't care at all. Because at the end of the day, you know you're going to get your minutes, but you know how you can best help this team. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that it is a, it's an unbelievable blessing to have you guys here with the experiences you both have, coming out of Big Ten schools, and coming here to St. Louis to really make a difference. And our goal, as you know, is to, it is to win the A-10, but also to be a national player. And with people like you guys leading, we can do that. So what has been the... Um, what has been the biggest surprise that you felt since you came here that you weren't expecting? Probably that jump to projected number one in the conference. Yeah. That was probably the biggest surprise. You weren't expecting I mean, that? Not, not after, pretty, uh, not after two years. Year. Yeah, yeah, not after two years. That's 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 more or less unheard of to be projected right. last, literally dead last, and then be projected number one and win the league. So that was probably the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I feel like we've seen it. It's just now, like you said, it's a national. Now people, a lot of people are talking about it. I've always known what DJ can do and guys that's been here, but we have such a new team that that's why I was surprised about it. Mm-hmm. The, the other piece I'm really impressed on, and how have you guys focused on playing such good defense? Because what's happened from my perspective, and it's easy from up in the stands where I sit, but your defense drives your offense. And you guys have turned into big-time defenders. Mm-hmm. How have you done that? Well, I could say, um, well, this is my first ex- first time experience in playing with a team that's just so new. 
So given like Coach Ford's being patient with offense, because like everyone, there's just so many new players. Like it's expected that we're not gonna mesh yet. It was probably we're probably not gonna have that mesh until like maybe conference play or who knows next game or the game after. You never know, but. You can't mesh defense. Like you, yep. <laughs> you, you, you have to play defense. Like that's an effort thing. That's like something you can bring to the game every game, and that's something that we put an emphasis on defense. Like um, if you came into practice yesterday, we were doing lane slides, we were doing alley drills, and we're having fun with it. We learned to like embrace it. That's that's another thing too. Um, people sometimes like I would say I'm not gonna lie last year or year before you would see like when coach Ford would say all right alley drill or lane slides we'd be like oh, oh man now everyone's like yeah let's go like we just let's have fun we're all into it and you know that's how it is we, we have fun with it because so, in the games it is fun like we get a stop it gives us momentum it gets the gym going and um, it eventually does help us on offense I think it's been awesome JB what do you think DJ said it we embrace it we embrace the defensive culture that coach Ford brought here you know like he said, the biggest thing he said was the example in practice when we do the alley drill, the lane slides, we all get excited. I think it's because we have such a competitive team. I think that's really the number one thing that I can say. Everybody wants to go against each other, and I don't think it's about minutes or here. It's just to make each other better. That's the biggest thing, I think, that we have going for ourselves. Like, we're excited about playing defense. And, and that's what's going to separate you. And that's what's starting to separate you, and that's what's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And and it is fun to come watch you practice because you guys get after each other. Yeah. Sometimes you have to lighten <laughs> yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. But the but the intensity that you guys get after it um, drives you on offense. And then and then the amount of time that you've both put in the gym going into this year, um, that's what makes you hit those shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, JB, you want to share a little bit about where you've been able to uh, get from a confidence perspective in shooting the ball? Uh, it's just about just getting my time in, basically just putting my time in, putting the work in. Uh, I Coach Ford did. We changed my shot a little bit from last year, and after that, I, it felt a little better. And then it's just now, after that, it's all about reps, all about just getting in there morning, noon, and night, every day, and just try to keep seeing the ball go through the net as many times as possible. So when I get to the game, it's like I've seen this happen so many times before that there's no pressure or anything like that. Well, uh, we are really thrilled to have you guys here. And you have been unbelievable Billikens. And we are really fired up about what's gonna ha- what's about ready to come. And so congratulations for, mm-hmm. for not only for just you both good students, you both have done the job in the classroom, but how you've embraced what being a Billikens all about. That, from my perspective as the AD, how you guys have embraced what our objectives are and what our values are departmentally. And, and, and JB, you kind of said it. It's, it's about being part of a family that you care about each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really see in what's going on with you, too, is you're helping lead and you're putting your arms around freshmen and sophomores and you're bringing them along. And when you really, at the ultimate, great teams care about each other. And you guys are doing that, and so I want to I want to thank you. Any, anything else you want to share with our with our Billiken fans before we we call it a day? No, that's about it. Just try to keep getting those those crowds like they've been yeah. winning. They've been fun. Well, Shavitz yeah. Arena is going to be rocking, and we'll continue yeah. to rock this winter because everybody's proud of you. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. That'll do it for this month's episode. I hope you have a great holiday, Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year to all Billiken fans and your families. And we look forward to touching base with you again in January. Thanks for listening to From the Stands with Billiken Athletic Director Chris May. Subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes Store and have the latest episodes sent straight to your phone. Until next month, go Billikens. Go Billikens.